Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm and here is my friend covered to Ann Gordon. Our DAP today, Masachat Rosh Hashanah, DAP Zion Page. The Gemara here brings down a bright which sort of seems to be a parallel text to our Mishnah. Tana Rabbanan, Echad B'Nisan, Rosh Hashanah, Lechad Shem, Ule Ibarim, Ule Trumat Shkalim, V'yeshurim, Af Le Batim. The first of Nisan is the Rosh Hashanah for months, for years for the collection of which remember we spent a whole masachat on and others say that it's also for the rest of the houses. Um, what's interesting about this and what sort of the rest of the daf starts to do is is wants to be question of well why are is this what's mentioned here and in our Mishnah it only says it's Rosh Hashanah it's for kings and for the holidays whereas here this stuff, it has a totally different list. Um, so pay attention to a little bit like structurally what's happening. I'm not obviously going to read the whole DAP, but that's kind of like the essential question of the DAP is basically it needs to excuse or explain why were these four things not mentioned uh, in the Mishnah and the Mishnah seems to have a different list. But then I just want to go through when it begins to discuss the it basically starts with the discussion of Minala, right? How do we know that it is the new year for Chodeshim? And it basically begins long Drusha, right? Sukim, all the way from Shmot and Devarim to try to figure out how Nisa this month. Then it moves on to the question of, well, wait, why couldn't it be? Then it goes to a statement with Rav quoting about right? On the fifteenth of the, the that says Akba Khamisha Saryom Lachodish Hashbi Basafrachamitrachart, right? So the fifteenth of the seventh month is when you gather the fruit of the land. So it tries to tries to prove why. So if Tiffany is the seventh month, then Nisan has to be um the first month. And then finally we get to this other interesting statement. So it's a lot of like standing on your head to figure this out. So he's like, this is in the Torah. You're going to learn it from Nevi'im. And then he basically quotes a series of psukim from Zechariah, from Esther, Rav Kahan, from Zechariah, Rav Achav, or Yaakov comes, quotes from Esther, Rav Ash, from Esther. But all of these are a series of psukim from Nevi'im and Ketuvim that show that it's actually Tishrei, it's, sorry, that Nisan, Month. And so then the Gemara asks, like, the essential question here. The Kuhu, my Tamalo Amri Mehai. So the Gemara, why did you just say this all from the beginning, right? Why did you sort of came from the Torah itself? Why didn't you just use these Psukim that you cited, um, particularly the last Pasuk, the one that is um, after um, Perik uh, Gimel? Uh, Pasuk Zion, chapter 3, verse 7, which basically says, V'chodesh HaRishon, Hu Chodesh Nisan. <laughs> so the Gemara is basically asking, what is this like bending over to try to figure it out? So it says, Dilma my Rishon, Rishon Lim Nilsei. And so it says, well, maybe when it says first, when it says, Rishon, it's talking relation to the matter, the first month of the decree, right? You can't actually prove uh, that it was actually Nisan. Right, so 
right? And so the Gemara says, why didn't the Tana of our Mishnah, again, also list Nisan as the new year for the Chodshim, right? So this was part of the larger discussion I was mentioning, because he's only dealing with things with years and not with months. So I thought this whole passage, which I know I sort of summarized and didn't read in detail because it is rather lengthy. I liked it because you're sort of seeing the process here. I do respect something about that it didn't just get to the answer, quoting this pasuk of Esther Gimelvab, and instead really went through a process of showing you any possible answer. And I sort of respect that the Gemara wants to start from a place of, okay, first let's look at the Torah. They find an answer in the Torah. It's a little bit having to, you know, mean. I think it's kind of showing us it's actually not really explicit in the Torah. And Ravina sort of comes and sort of says that straight out, that you're not going to learn from the Torah. We do have better psukim to support it from, you know, Nevi'im and Ketuvim. But even the puzzle words most explicit, there's still maybe a way to read it that it, maybe you couldn't actually read it exactly that way. Um, and so, uh, you know, I appreciated the link for its discussion. But I also appreciate that they were very honest in its discussion by acknowledging that, like, yeah, you might not actually be able to learn this from Torah Moshe. And furthermore, um, you know, that even the reading of some of those, the, the reading of the Pesukim is difficult. And obviously they know that Nisan is the first for, for this category, for what they're discussing here in the Brisa. In the Brisa but it's still somewhat a difficult thing. It's not really ever addressed in the Torah explicitly. And I think we see that really acknowledged here in this passage. So I'm actually going to jump to the the bottom of Ahmed Aleph, which actually continues, I would say, it kind of does a zoom in um, on the topic. The specific topic here is the Rosh Chodesh Le, uh, of Nisan for Shkalim, which I actually, you know, as I was preparing, I was like, how can it be that there's, I got completely sidetracked into thinking like about commerce and currency and what does it mean for Rosh Chodesh Shkalim. And then I, and then thank you, Yardina, for directing me right back to the track, which is that, of course, this is really everything that we were talking about in Masachet Shkalim about um, when you have the donations to the Beit HaMikdash and things need to be purchased by the end of the previous year. And then the new donations, right? That's Rosh Chodesh Shkalim. They count as the new donations and they're going to be for the coming year. So this has some practical ramifications. Obviously, we spent a good amount of time with our practical ramifications in Shkalim. But here it comes out, I guess, a little differently. It's not just a, it's not just a citation from Shkalim. Amr of Yehuda Marshmul, Karbanot Tzibor HaBa'in Be'achad Benisan, Mitzvah La'avim Menachadash, so Reviuda says that Shmuel said that if you've got communal offerings that are the Karbanot are brought on the first of Nisan, now already on the very first of Nisan, you should be bringing, you should be paying for that from the contributions, the new contributions of the Skullam that are being collected for that the coming year. But what happens if you pay for your for your korban out of the previous year's contributions, meaning something's left over from the old shkalim. So the answer is you have still fulfilled your obligation of the korban. You just have kind of missed out on the mitzvah of using the new shkalim. So the timing here is not going to, we spent a lot of time talking about timing over the past few days. The timing here is not going to negate the value of that korban as a korban, right? Which I think is a valuable comment. 
Um, the Gemara then goes on to say to bring this this detail of it being a communal offering is relevant. This is exactly what we just read. And then it goes on to say, So what Right, that Dave is volunteering to bring to make offerings from his own private property that are going to go towards the communal need of adding carbonate. So then, those are fit for the for the for the mizbeach. I mean, those are kosher, so to speak, right? Um, as long as what he does is he gives them over to the community, right? He's not giving his own carbonate; he's giving the carbon to the community, and then the whole question of the shkalim here kind of disappears, and that focus on what's the nature of this carbon tibor when it comes from somebody who's really a private individual and now like that person's designating it for the tzibor, um, it, it gives a little bit more leeway, I think, to say that these are fine and there's not a problem. Obviously, or maybe it's not obvious, but the, the Rosh Hashanah Lishkalim should be irrelevant for the average Joe private person, right? The Gemara goes on to explain this, right? Pshita, yes, it's obvious that somebody can do- donate from their own private property, right? Obviously, you have to give it over to the tzibur. It's not yours anymore once you've done this. Mahu detema. So then what's the case? What's the concern? Lechush shema loyim serem tzibur yafe yafe. So I happen to like this this expression, which feels so colloquial, yafe yafe. Um, the Gemara says, you know, lest you're concerned, or lest you say, rather, that we should be concerned that maybe this guy, this individual, this private person is not going to give the korban over to the tzibur um, wholeheartedly, right? This is the yafe yafe, right? That it's, um, that it's not, uh, there's no, not going to be any hesitation in doing so, that the donation is not tainted in that way. Kamash Malan. So therefore this whole Braita teaches us, meaning from this beginning here, from Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Shmuel said that Shmuel said, et cetera, um, and even maybe before, says that, um, so we're not worried about that. We're not worried that the private individual is at risk of not being wholehearted in his donation. Once he comes forward to give the donation from his private money to give to the Tibor, then we accept it. And, and you know, Shalom al-Yisrael, this is a fine way to go. We don't have to worry that he's going to be maligning it in some way. Vitana didan, but what about our Mishnah? Yardina, this is your Mishnah, really. So since why didn't Artana count Rosh uh, count Rosh Chodesh of Nisan as the New Year for Shkalim to begin with? And so the Gemara says, because it has to be something that it's something so definite that he's fulfilled his obligation. Right, and that if he's done so, then you can't really say that there's no possibility of those old shkalim in the new year. So that seems to be like amorphous enough or ambiguous enough for there to be room to say <clears throat> it's not as defining of a of a new year. It's not as hard a uh, hard line in the sand. And so the gemara here says, so it doesn't. It didn't make its way into the mishnah because because there was a little bit of leeway. It's not as hard and fast of a rule. Okay, um, this this is not the strongest 
resolution, I think, that I've ever heard in terms of why the Mishnah didn't say so. I, I think that there's other ways to say it, like, you know, the specification maybe wasn't necessary in the Mishnah because we already know it, as your Dana, as you've already discussed. The Gemara, the Gemara goes on to cite a Breita, which I find to be wonderful. And living in Jerusalem and dealing with the issues of real estate, any, I mean, most people who are spending any time living in Israel have, de- have to deal with real estate at some point. This next piece is exactly that. So that Rosh Chodesh Nisan here is also treated as the new year for renting houses. What does that mean? So really what do you do? If you rent out your house, you have a lease and it goes from the date that you establish that lease and it goes for a year. So you really don't need a Rosh Hashanah for, for renting homes. But the the question is, what does it really say in that lease? Meaning if it says for this year, this year is unfortunately ambiguous language, right? It, it sounds so specific. It's for this year. But when does that really kick in and how long does that go? If you made that contract on the first of Adar, meaning a month before the first of Nisan, and and it says for this year, and the implication then being not for the next year, which is beginning on Rosh Chodesh Nisan in one month. So then your contract that says for this year ends at the end of that year, which is a month away. Instead of, you say, like, for the following 365 days, that's a different kind of specificity. And then you don't have to worry about the contract coming to an end. But Nisan here kicks in as the Rosh Hashanah, for which that more ambiguously stated contract, or for specifically for home rental, is going to be uh, a problem, meaning you're going to be out of your house. Um, and then the Gemara goes on, and then according to the one who says that one day, even one day in, in a calendar year is considered a year, meaning if you say for the, for the coming year, meaning if you say for, for this year, right, for this year only counts as far as this year is. So here, let's say that you're saying this on the, I don't know, the 28th day or the 27th day of Adar, you know you have very little time left to this year, but the vo- vocabulary of it still only gets you that for, according to this view, right? But here we have a caveat, and I think this is a smart caveat from the Gemara, where it says, you want to start saying that even one day is going to count as the year don't be silly. Nobody is going to rent a home. Nobody takes the trouble. Nobody bothers to rent a house for less than 30 days to begin with. Meaning we're not talking about, you know, I don't know. They didn't have Airbnb then, right? The con- the moment you set up shop to, to rent a space, the assumption is that your minimal amount of time there is going to be a month. And so that means that if you're in the month of Adar and you talk about this coming year, then according to this view, that would not end at the time of Rosh Chodesh Nisan, because you would never have rented for that little of a time. So then the Gemara wants to know, but why not Tishrei? And I also like this question. He says, because people rent for the rainy season. And then Nisan seems to be like, what I think of as, you know, moving day is going to be September 1st. Let's say, for example, um, thank you, Zoe, from our 
from our siyum when sukkah for the siyum from asachat sukkah. Um, the idea being that if you're going to rent, you're going to be renting through the winter. You're not going to leave yourself to travel um, or to set up shop in a tent or something like that. So the moment you're going to talk about rental, it makes more sense then to say that we're that the calendar on rentals is going to switch at the beginning of the spring as rather as compared to the beginning of the fall. I love that tidbit at the end because I think it's true also. People don't really move during the winter, right? We tend to during the summer. Um, so it was great to see something that, you know, is an Ein Chadash Tachadash Shemesh, something that's just not new and seems to have always been a trend. That's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us reviews on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Barber for hosting us on the Hydrant website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.